Thanks for joining us. I'm Keith Quinn here on Talk Money every Friday morning from 8 to 9. Of course, Talk Money is brought to you every week by Shoemaker Financial, which has been providing professional advice, quality products, and excellent service throughout the Mid-South since 1978. I'm joined in the studio by Mac Jenkins. Mac is the managing partner at Shoemaker. Mac, I did want to make a quick announcement. You know, we have got a, a seminar coming up next week, next Thursday, actually, on August 7th. There is a seminar for CRNAs about the new normal of retirement expectations. Yeah, that's uh, that's going to be put on by a couple of our advisors. Uh, looking forward to that. They do a great job. So if you're a CRNA out in the uh, out in the city, would be well worth attending. I would I would encourage you to attend. Again, again, it's being held by uh, Jeff Grimm, uh, Jason Harrington, and Grant Heflin. Uh, just shoot Grant an email. It's G Heflin H E F L I N at ShoemakerFinancial.com. Uh, let him know you'd like to come. Again, that's next Thursday night for CRNAs on the new normal of retirement expectations. And now we're joined in the studio uh, by Dr. Kevin Westbrook and Renee Victory from the MBA program at the McAfee School of Business Administration, the Germantown campus of Union University. Welcome and good morning. Good morning, Keith and Mac. Great to be here. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having us here. Oh, you are so welcome, and we are loving having you here, and we want to announce that you guys are now the McAfee School of Business Administration at the Germantown campus of Union University is now going to be a sponsor of our show of Talk Money, so we are very excited about that. We're excited about having you guys involved with the program uh, and excited about having you here this morning. Absolutely. Looking forward to hearing more about uh, the uh, MBA program uh, at the uh, Germantown campus of Union Great. Well, we're glad to be a sponsor, and this is an exciting opportunity for us here in the Memphis area to uh, to be a part of this. So th- thanks for the opportunity. Absolutely. Well, guys, I want to start just uh, for all of our listeners. Tell us a little bit about Union in a general sense. Again, we're going to get into the MBA program, and I think you've got some great stuff to share on that. But tell us a little bit about Union University, because I know a lot of us, when we think Union, you know, we think Jackson. But tell us about Union and about Germantown. Um, Most people, like you said, are familiar with the Jackson campus. We have, of course, the traditional campus there that serves the traditional population, which, of course, is the most famous one. But we also have satellite campuses in Hendersonville, Tennessee, as well as the Germantown area. So I would say we serve probably about 800 students in the Germantown area, non-traditional for the most part. Renee, that's great. Let me let me ask you guys a question. Why did uh, Union pick uh, Germantown for the uh, MBA campus? Well, that's a. I think that's a great question. Uh, we actually, I think, originally looked at Memphis as a, a permanent site for the main campus many years ago. So the Memphis market has been an attractive market for us. Uh, it really came out of a, a close working relationship with the Germantown City Administration, and we found that the uh, the area in Germantown, Carryville primarily the East Memphis market, we felt was underserved, and therefore it, it provided a great opportunity. There are a lot of employers in the area that uh, we obviously can recruit a lot of students from. And so, hey, this why not? That's a great question. Let me just turn it around. Why not Germantown? Absolutely. Now, Kevin, Dr. Westbrook, I wanted to ask you, one of the things that when we were looking, you know, we're looking at the Union website, and I'm probably not as familiar with the university as someone who is, is from Memphis. Uh, you know, I'm a transplant and just relocated down here in 2009. But one of the things that kind of jumped out at me when I was looking uh, again at your website was this focus on Christ-centered academic excellence. And I just wanted you to address that just from a, a general standpoint of the, of the uh, university's philosophy. Well, the university is affiliated with the Southern Baptist Convention, and uh, you know we make no bone. There's, there, we we have no problem with that. That's, right. That is a great uh, affiliation. Uh, and what we're able to do, Keith, is we're able to incorporate uh, a teaching philosophy along with a Christian philosophy, a Christian worldview. And as a Christian and as a professor, I'm able to to integrate those two 
um, areas into, into my teaching, into my classroom, so that we can emphasize uh, important things in life from a spiritual standpoint and how that couples with a working career and, and, and teaching good business skills and, and biz- developing business acumen in our students. I think that is a phenomenal way to look at a, you know, at a business degree especially because those, uh, you know, all of the things that we think about as Christians translate so well into that. Sure, and, and as Christians, we can't separate our working lives from our spiritual That's lives. Right. They, we shouldn't, and uh, it really should be a guiding ethos for all of us is to, you know, is to serve Christ and, and to be a Christian and also to be a good, great worker in the workplace. That's exactly right. Now, I also noticed that you guys have had some pretty big changes going on this year. You've got a new president? We do. Uh, Dr. Dub Oliver, who uh, came to us from, uh, I believe it was East Texas Baptist right. University, uh, we're excited about uh, Dr. Oliver being on campus, being a part of our the Union family, and we look for uh, some great things to happen in the future under his new leadership. And something about athletics. I can't remember what it was, but... Well, we have the Bulldogs uh, of, <laughs> anyway, the Union Bulldogs, who are now Division Two, and we're very excited about that transition as we uh, kind of move up into the NCAA world to, uh, to compete at a higher level. We think it's going to bring a lot of recognition to the university and certainly help us with recruiting. That's a great thing. And for all of us, uh, you know, from universities in the NCAA, welcome. Uh, and, you know, if we were in that conference, we would look forward to whipping the heck out of you. But since we're not, uh, <laughs> we'll just say Welcome. Might be a might be a couple of SEC matchups coming. Yeah, you never know, right? Well, they'd have to be in soccer or basketball or one of the other uh, sports. We we probably won't have any football going on, <laughs> at least American football on campus. I got you. That's that's next year. That's next year. Adding the uh, football program next. Well, year. I I would ne- Well, I'm that's not my call. Well, you'll you'll have to talk <laughs> to someone else about that. But that would obviously be wonderful. Kevin, let's uh, and Renee, let's bring it back to the uh, Germantown. Uh, campus. What programs do you guys uh, offer there? Well, at the Germantown campus specifically, we've got undergraduate programs in we've got Bachelor of Science Organizational Leadership, which is a degree completion program. We've got social work and we've got nursing and then, of course, Christian studies. Then our graduate program offerings would include business administration, which, of course, is the MBA, education, social work, Christian studies, and then, once again, nursing. I got you. And, and who's primarily your target market? I mean, are those Shelby County residents, or are we expanding outside of that? Great question. And, Renee, you join in on this one. I, I find that most of my students are Shelby County. However, we do pull from the bedroom communities around the Memphis area. We have a lot of students that come to us from Olive Branch and South Haven and Hernando. I've had students as far, far away as Hardeman County, uh, even some into Arkansas. We had some folks come, o- come over from East Arkansas in, in years past. Would you say it's pretty, pretty accurate with I, that? I would say, but the other interesting thing is that we're drawing a lot of international students, and I think that we work really hard. Of course, we, like Kevin said a few minutes ago, we are Christ-centered, people-focused, and all that stuff, but it's certainly not limited to Christians living in the United States. We've got quite, I'd say, probably a tenth of our students are interna- international population. Right. I saw a number, again, off your website that said uh, students from 44 states and 33 countries. Right. And, that, and that's exciting because that brings a lot of diversity into the classroom. Uh, we have students from the Far East. We have students uh, that have been with us from Europe. And obviously they bring a lot of different perspectives uh, around business into the classroom that I'm able to, uh, to tap into and share. They, they share their experiences. It just creates a better learning environment for all of our students. Now, Renee, I know you are a graduate of the program. Is that correct? That is correct. And, and I did and while I was still working at the university. So sort of, sort of a unique perspective. And Kevin is actually your former professor. That is right. Uh, so anything you want to say about your former prof? 
he was one of one of my favorite professors, if not my, if, and I'm not just saying that because he's here. He's truly amazing in the classroom, as really all of our professors, but, but Kevin's one of my favorites for sure. Well, certainly thank you for that endorsement, and I'll pay you later for that. That's right. <laughs> Renee, what, what, how was your experience as, as working and going through the program? And, you know, would you like to share that with our listeners? And how would you, you know, how do you think that applies to people who are working? Well, I, our program is designed what I would consider like an executive style MBA program. So it is designed for classrooms, to, classrooms to be meeting, you know, in the, in the evening time, 6 to 10 p.m. So it's designed for the working professional. So I was definitely not unique in that aspect. I would say it's a rigorous academic program, but very doable while still working full time. So very much doable for the working adult. And you have a couple of different programs or ways that you can go through, and now we're talking specifically about the uh, uh, the MBA degree. Right, right. Traditionally, we're designed for the cohort fashion where you proceed through the program one class at a time, each class lasting eight weeks. Then you move on to the next one for 12 total classes. However, uh, some of our more recent grads have enjoyed the accelerated model where you can complete it two nights per week in as little as 14 months. And then we've got an online program offering where that provides a hybrid aspect. If you were traveling during a, during a given period of time, you could pick up a class there in the online fashion. Or if you ever got transferred, it's, it's sort of a safety net so that you're not losing your opportunity to finish your Union University MBA. Gotcha. That's a lot of flexibility, and that right. would really work well for people who have careers and families exactly. and you know, have to fit this in. I think very that's adaptive, very adaptive. I'm here with Mac Jenkins. We're speaking with Dr. Kevin Westbrook and Renee Victory from Union University and specifically the MBA program at the McAfee School of Business Administration here on the Germantown campus. Dr. Westbrook, you were going to tell us why someone would get an MBA. But before we do that, I want to back up and talk a little bit about you guys and about the school and about the accreditation process that you've gone through, because I think it's incredibly important uh, and a really uh, a big distinction uh, that sets you guys apart from a lot of the universities in Tennessee. Sure, Keith, love to talk about it. We uh, we recently went through, I guess it was last year, the accreditation process with the Association to Advance Collegiate Schools of Business, the AACSB. This is a prestigious accreditation, if you will. About 5% of business schools actually have this accreditation. Uh, in Memphis alone, there are only two, and we are one of them that have this prestigious accreditation. Let me tell you why we made that decision, and the decision was really made 10 years ago. It was about a 10-year business plan for us, a strategic initiative to actually attain this particular uh, accreditation. Uh, It required really uh, an enhancement of internal policies and procedures. Uh, We had to look at the way we were recruiting students, the way we were recruiting faculty, the type of faculty that we were bringing in. Uh, the, the biggest thing that impacted me as a, as a professor, and I've been full-time since 2008 and really adjuncting uh, since the late 90s, so I had kind of a 15-year track with Union, and so I saw these changes over this 15-year track. But the biggest thing for me as a full-time faculty, it required me to, in, a, in, in addition to teaching, excellence, excellence in the classroom with teaching, right. I had to get into the research uh, field. And I hadn't written anything, candidly, since graduate school in the late 90s. I mean, I'd gone out and, and worked in corporate America, was busy, and hadn't published a peer-reviewed academic article since, I guess, 98 or 99. So that was a big turnaround for me. Uh, we're kind of proud about that. Our faculty, I believe the last count was north of 60 articles. And these are peer-reviewed wow. academic articles that are many – most of them are statistics-based type articles that we are having to publish not in proceedings or conferences, but in ac- academic journals, which is very a very rigorous process. Sometimes the cycle is two to three years to Absolutely. get something published. So we're very proud of that. 
Uh, so it really enhanced the overall quality of our program and put us really into a, a different ball game, if you will, with, with major state schools in the area that are also AACSB accredited. Now, what does that mean to uh, an MBA candidate? Why would that be important to go to an accredited school? Well, uh, a couple of things. One, uh, the quality standards are higher. It's, it's, to us, it's the, it's the quality symbol. It's the ISO 9000 or the Baldridge Award for universities. And so, so quality is enhanced in the university. Moreover, it's requiring our faculty to go out and interact with the business community. Uh, you know, it's very easy uh, to, to go in and teach and, and to become somewhat segregated from the business community and what's going on out there. But if you're required to go out and, and actually start working with businesses to uh, gather data right. and go through that process, we're actually interacting with the community and we're much more effective and understand the, the, the changes and the trends in the business community by being a researcher and involved with that process. I think that's a great thing. Now, talk to us a little bit, as we'd said uh, why would someone want to seek this MBA degree? What does that get them? Well, it, great question. Because and it's it, a big commitment. You know, and I'm be honest with you. I get this question continuously. People will come up to me after I've done a speaking engagement somewhere, and they'll say, Kevin, I'm thinking about getting an MBA. What's, what's the return to me? Right. And, I, and, I'll, and I'll tell them quite candidly, you're probably not going to walk into your boss's office the day after graduation, and he pops down a big check in front of you. Um, when I graduated with my MBA back, it's been a while. I'm not going to tell you how long ago, but uh, it's been a while. Uh, dinosaurs had, had just become extinct at that point. But um, I'll tell you that um, the, the boss came in. He said, congratulations, here's 500 bucks. Take your wife to Nashville. And uh, so it didn't have a huge payoff for me, but I'll tell you what it does do. What an MBA does and why you would want to, to invest in your own self, this is professional development, I think it offers wider career choices. Uh, it makes you much more diverse. We teach a critical thinking process as part of an MBA program that makes people better managers and gives them the uh, the acumen and the skill level to make better business decisions. We teach business planning and the critical thinking skills that are part of that. Secondly, I think it enhances your personal credentials. I mean, let's face right. it. I, I've been a former employer, spent 20 years in corporate America, and, and I hired and fired and, and different people. And as people would walk into my office, and I had two candidates I was looking at, if a person had an MBA and another person didn't, it was a, it was a slight differentiation when I looked at uh, the resume sure. in, in making those kind of decisions. Uh, moreover, I think it's just the knowledge. I mean, you're getting a wide-based knowledge of, of multiple areas from research to finance to accounting to marketing and management. Uh, and in our program, we feel like our MBAs make a huge contribution to the Memphis community. We are working with local nonprofits in our classrooms and writing business plans for nonprofits and municipalities. These are organizations that could not afford to hire an outside consultant to come in and, and do the consulting that we do. And that's a resume builder for many of our students. They can go out and tell people that they've worked for, for large organizations that are nonprofit in the, in the Memphis business community. And that, that really bodes well for a resume builder. That really does. I think that's a great point. And, and again, guys, when I've done a little bit of research on this, and I was just really impressed with the stuff I saw on your uh, website, really impressed with the university and obviously with the uh, MBA program uh, here at the McAfee School of Business at the, uh, at the uh, Germantown campus. Uh, but one of the quotes I saw from uh, one of your former directors or one of the, the staff members, uh, Dr. Steve Arendahl, uh, and he was talking about the nonprofit program and, and working with that. And again, I just love the focus of this. And he said, if we are Christ-centered, if we are excellence-driven, and people focus. These are projects that have value. And I really just like the way that that's set up and, and like the, the interaction that you get with the community through these programs. And I would think it would be incredibly impactful and important for the MBA candidates. 
It's hugely important, Keith. And, and we've worked with north of 20 organizations in the Memphis area. And I'll tell you, many of them are repeat customers. And, and what a great form of flattery when they come back around and say, hey, can you work with us some more? For example, right now, we're right, I'm right in the middle of a project with my business research class. We are doing a survey project for the Mid-South Food Bank. And I know that's a well-known name here in the sure. Memphis area. As a matter of fact, Renee worked on uh, phase one of that project. We're now in phase three. And she could share a little bit more about how uh, that class actually wrote a marketing plan for the Mid-South Food Bank. But that's just one example of, of the organizations we worked with here in the Memphis area. So it's not only helping the uh, MBA students, it's actually giving back to the community. It's giving back to the community, Mac, because a, a lot of these executive directors, they're very busy in their jobs. They're making hiring decisions. They're making sales decisions, marketing decisions. And a lot of them don't have the time. And I'll be candid. A lot of them don't have the skill level to really write good, solid business plans. And so what we do is we bring them into the classroom. We set it up as a competitive environment between groups within our classes. And we allow those those groups compete like actual consulting organizations vying for the business and they write a business plan for each group they get up and they present two or three on the last night of class and it's a vetting process that the buyer or the nonprofit goes through and they'll actually choose a winner in many cases on who actually had their best business plan and we've really adopted uh, this model from a lot of the Ivy Leagues that are doing this similar process the difference is is we're in real time we're writing business plans that people are implementing And in the Ivy League models, what they've done is they've gone in and they presented a business case of an issue that occurred a couple of years ago for the business. They write a business plan, and then the owner comes in and says, okay, here's what we really did. (laughs) And and, and so it's kind of after the fact, after the action was taken in the business, what we're able to do is we're able to say, here's what you need to do to fix your business. Let us help you. Let us write a plan, and then you can go out and, and adequately implement this and actually see results. So that's exciting. That is exciting. So you guys are, are really writing real-time plans that are being implemented by people in our – by businesses and not-for-profits not in Abs- our community. Absolutely. I mean, we've had students that have offered website development uh, – uh, dashboards, dashboards – website development projects, videos, videos that, that the organization actually implements, which really, is kind of cool. Really cool, and I think that's a great the, – the impact that would have and how good of a program that would be to get that practical experience. Uh, we're speaking with Dr. Kevin Westbrook and Renee Victory from Union University here at the Germantown campus. And not only we have them on the show, they are now going to be a sponsor of a show, the, our sponsor of the show going forward, the uh, McAfee School of Business Administration, again, at the Germantown campus of Union University. We're very happy to have this affili- affiliation with them, happy to have them on the show. Uh, Dr. Westbrook, we were talking about some of the nonprofits, but I know, Mac, uh, did you have a question? Yeah, I did. I wanted to follow up on the, on the not-for-profits. I think back of, back to the college days where you got a bunch of 21, 22-year-olds, and now I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, you have 21, 22-year-olds writing business plans for uh, businesses here in the community. So I know that can't be the case, but, but tell <laughs> me about the, uh, the average student uh, that's uh, in the NBA program at uh, Union University. Yeah, let me uh, – that great question, and uh, I get that question a lot because we have 30-year-olds, 35-year-olds, 40-year-olds that, are, that come up to me and say, Kevin, what does the student mix look like? I mean, am I going to have to be in there with a bunch of undergraduates that get, can't find jobs, and so they're 23-year-olds, and I'm an experienced business executive? And the question is, you're exactly right. What you are is what we have in our program. Yes, we have the 23, 24, 25-year-olds that uh, need to come back and maybe enhance their skill levels and enhance their knowledge because maybe they're having difficulty finding the job. But I'd say the line share of our population at, at Union, because of where we are and really the focus of our program, 
we have uh, probably mid to late 20s up to age 40, 50 year olds that are in our program that have been told candidly by their employers that, hey, you need to take the next step. And for you to get promoted into an executive job around here, you need to go back and enhance your skill levels. You need to get an MBA. And so we get a lot of people that have been in, the, in their careers 5, 10, 15 years that are coming back across a lot of different uh, types of occupations. We've had physicians in our program who've gone through medical school residency or are now in private practice who are coming back. We have attorneys that, have, that are in our program. We have a, a significant number of engineers who um, have worked uh, for one of the engineering firms here in town or one of the uh, orthopedic device companies or something like that that have been in R&D and now want to take the next step and get into a management role or management position in their organization. And the MBA is kind of the gateway, if you will, to get into those jobs. And so we're excited about that type of, of, of student. It's a diverse group across occupations. And so when our students come in, they're allowed to come in and, and work with a group, with a, a myriad of people within their group. Groups are four or five, maybe six individuals working on a group, and they come from various different backgrounds and companies and bring a different skill set into that team. It's really it's really a unique program, I think. I think it's very unique. What I'm seeing a rise in is the healthcare professionals that are coming for their MBA. Interesting. I think with all the changes that have taken place recently that I think everyone's realizing that they need some business knowledge regardless right. of whether that was their original career choice or not. Well, and I would think this would be a, a huge thing for employers. I mean, do they do they ever, you know, foot the tuition bill for these these yes. candidates? Most definitely. I would say probably about half of my students receive employer tuition tuition benefits. Okay. Renee and Kevin, you, you guys have convinced me I need to get an MBA. <laughs> well, Matt, uh, we have too. an application here. We, we've, we, in fact, we've already populated it and filled it out for you. All you need to do well, is sign fine. it. That, that's, that's leading into my next question. Great job. Uh, what and is good the, job on the sales side, yeah. having the paperwork ready. And. What is the admission process? I mean, uh, how do how do I get enrolled? The admission process has changed a little bit as a result of our AACSB accreditation. We're a little bit more rigorous as far as the admission process, but it's still very simple. You basically, I would need official transcripts from previously attended universities, and you would need to take either the GMAT or the GRE test, and. Um, we basically, we don't really have a minimum per se GMAT or GRE score. We, we sort of factor in a formula of sorts that considers the, undergrad, the undergraduate GPA and the admission test. And if someone comes in with a previous graduate degree, which we've alluded to several of our students do, the GMAT or GRE requirement is waived. So they would not have to take an admissions test. Got you. And Keith, I just got eliminated. Ah, oh, that's, that's the uh, uh, MBA program. <laughs> oh, did I mention that I offer free tutoring for GMAT and GRE? Back, that- back in. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mac, I think you could take this, and you know, you've got a couple of years to, to dedicate towards this, and the MBA would look good on uh, on your uh, business card. Absolutely, uh, I uh, I see no uh, no no uh, problems with uh, going back to school. Just from a time standpoint, I do like the uh, one night a week. And the accelerated program, I could go two nights a week, get it in 14 months. Absolutely. So lots of different options there to uh, go back to school if you're thinking about it to get your MBA program. Well, and I think what, what I kind of thought was interesting, you know, Dr. Westbrook, when you were talking about the, the types of uh, folks that you have in the program and you talked about, you know, doctors, uh, lawyers, you right. wouldn't necessarily think these people would need to get another graduate degree. I have a law degree, uh, you know, I, and, but of course I've, I've thought about the MBA and I'm thinking about it harder now. 
but why would those folks, you know, want that, and how what value would that bring to them? Great question. And, and as you well know, you guys know, I spent a little time in healthcare and how healthcare has changed uh, from a career standpoint for a lot of these physicians. You know, with the Affordable Care Act that has just been passed, things are getting tougher. The environment has changed. Reimbursement is coming down. And, and candidly, a lot of these guys are going to, physicians specifically, are going to work for hospitals. So they're going right. into a corporate America type of environment to practice medicine. And as a result of that, there's a, a little bit more emphasis, if you will, not that there wasn't, but a lot more emphasis now on, on, on functioning in big business and working within those corporate atmospheres and environments, especially with reimbursement going down and we're seeing the changes. So they're needing some business skills and some business acumen to help them make better business decisions around the practice of medicine. Uh, I recently, I guess it was a couple of years ago, spoke to a, a physician group. There were probably 100, 125 physicians, and I bet probably 10 came up to me at the end of that talk on marketing and branding said, you know, I've been thinking about this. I've been thinking about going back and getting an MBA to help me manage my practice right. in, in a much more effective way. I'm having to make hiring decisions and compensation decisions and insurance decisions and operational decisions and software decisions and all the things that go into running a small business. And I need some help. They don't teach this stuff in yeah, med that's school. exactly right. And so we're seeing a lot of, of these types of career professionals coming back into the MBA program that are basically people that are operating in small businesses, even though they may be practicing medicine or are conducting a law practice or whatever it is. Now, Renee, what is your role specifically with the program? I formerly, before I completed my MBA, I served as director of MBA admissions and marketing. Okay. And after I completed my MBA, I moved over to program director positions. So I'm basically doing kind of a jack of all trades from, and I also have another staff member um, in the office that is a coordinator of market, coordinator uh, and recruiter function. So she, she and I are working together. We basically... We basically handle every area to offer good customer service to the student from registering them to advising them and so forth and so on. So, Well, I know that we're going to have some of our listeners who have listened to this this morning and are going to want to talk to you about joining this program. Uh, who should they contact and how can they get in touch with you? They can, they can call me directly. Okay. My, my phone number is 901-312-1920. 901-312-1920. Or they can email me at rvictory at uu.edu. And I hope a lot of our listeners, Mac, will take advantage of that. I'm Keith Quinn here with Mac Jenkins. We are speaking with Dr. Kevin Westbrook and Renee Victory from Union University and specifically from the McAfee School of Business Administration at the Germantown campus of Union. Yeah, Kevin and Renee, one of the things I want to follow up with, just a a quick question. I know you guys are located in the city of Germantown. Uh, Has Union specifically worked with Germantown businesses or, or possibly even the city uh, on some different projects? Sure we have. In, in the last uh, roughly 13 months, I guess, in the last year, uh, we worked with a, a Germantown in a couple of ways. One was, was with the Economic Development Commission, I believe is the name of that, of that group. And they were interested in, in figuring out and thinking about better ways to brand the city of Germantown to attract local business. And so they came to us and asked us to do some focus groups of the, some citizens of Germantown to really ascertain perceptions of, about what Germantown could do to make themselves more attractive. And so our students took this project on. We conducted focus groups down at City Hall. Renee actually was part of that project, fascinating project. And then we produced those results back to the city with some recommendations. The mayor, the mayor was involved in this and uh, several of the uh, the committee chairmen. You want to talk about that? Because you were right in the middle of that. And, Renee, you were involved as a student? Right. I was, I was a student in the MBA program, and we basically, I guess, conducted two focus groups with 
a variety of citizens, either homeowners in the Germantown community or business owners in the, in the community, and we were basically gauging what their perceptions of what Germantown meant to them as a as I guess an owner of a business or as a property owner, you know, residentially speaking, what it meant to them, what they liked about living or working in, in the area, what they didn't like, what they thought we could do to maybe better brand it and that sort of thing. And it was, it was very, very, very informative to them and to us also. And then we presented our findings and it was, it was a, it was a cool experience both for the students and for the recipients of our work. Sure. Well, did people like Germantown? Yes, they did like it. Of course, of course, they loved it. They loved it, but they did have some suggestions as to areas that that needed improvement. And after they wrote up the economic plan, the city of Germantown, they have referenced their partnership with with us and the findings as a result of our project. So it was kind of kind of great. So here's here's what the project did, Keith. It created some credibility, and it brought credibility to what the city wanted to do because we had actually gone out and done some real market research right. to come up with these findings to support the recommendations that the committee came up with. So that's a great example of how not only the program works, but how this business planning works and how that the, you know an organization can take advantage of that. Exactly, exactly. So it brought it was a great pedagogical experience, right. teaching experience for the students. They learned focus group methodology. We were able to bring value back to the city. And by the way, that project would have cost tens of maybe a ten thousand, twenty thousand dollars to have done with uh, with an outside consulting company. Let me uh, let me ask a follow up question to that. Let's assume now that I run a not for profit, maybe in the city of Germantown, maybe maybe here in Shelby County or, or one of our uh, suburbs to the south in Mississippi. How would I? And let's say I need some help. I don't have the the dollars to put forth on a on a market research project. How would I go about contacting? And who would I contact? Well, you can call me. Um, <laughs> I teach a couple of, of classes that uh, we might be able to incorporate a project into. I teach the business research class, which I've got ongoing right now with students, and I also teach the strategic marketing class. We can do projects in either class, depending on the scope of what's needed to be done. Uh, you can call me. I'll take you through a vetting process. Uh, there aren't a lot of resource requirements on the nonprofit side that they have to put into the project. Uh, I usually require the, the, the executive director or the, the head honcho, if you will, to show up and do kind of a dog and pony. I teach the students to go through a discovery process like you would do in a, in a normal sales process and ask the right questions. We then go from there, develop the plan, and then you come back as an executive director on the last night with your board, and we will present the findings and recommendations to you. I, I sorry. go sorry. Go ahead, sorry. Renee. We also do in a business policy class a nonprofit with Dr. Steve Arundel. So, so both of these professors are very involved in the nonprofit piece. Sometimes, sometimes a nonprofit might contact me and say, "Do you ha- do you have a, a class that might be able to utilize that?" So I might pass it along to a professor and say, "Is this a good fit for where you're going with your next class?" Absolutely great and a great program. And I want to thank you guys both so much, Dr. Kevin Westbrook. Renee Victory, uh, Dr. Westbrook, is a professor in the MBA program. If you want him to improve your career, I encourage you to call Renee and sign up. You can reach her at 901-312-1920. Thank you both so much for being here, and we look forward to having you on in the future. Thanks, Thanks, Keith. Thanks, Thanks, guys. It's been a great show, Mac. Thank you for being here. Absolutely. It's always uh, good to fill in. Jim, again, traveling the world, uh, busiest man in uh, radio. That's exactly right. And next week, we're going to have Erica Bergslin. Of course, she's from Advantage Capital Management, a chartered financial analyst, to talk a little bit about what's going on with the economy. So that should be a good show, and I hope people will tune back in. Absolutely. Another good show. I want to thank Art Frederick, our program director, Francis Fordner, our guest and content coordinator, our production assistants, Eleanor Moskovitz. And Katie Brazier, our Mid-South History Moment, which is written by Drew Johnson, 
read by Rebecca Brashear, and finally our compliance officer, Jeff Long. I'm Keith Quinn. Please join us next week when we'll help you make the most of your money. Jim Shoemaker and Keith Quinn are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Securian Financial Services Incorporated. Securities dealer member FINRA SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated.